Hey, everybody. Welcome to a bonus episode of the JWB Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Justin. He's Wyatt. And for today's bonus episode, we've switched up roles a little bit. I'll do a little bit of hosting and kind of free Wyatt up to do a little more analysis than normal. Uh, We have decided to incorporate just a live mock draft, not only to give ourselves some practice, but also to give all of you at home a chance to listen in to what our thought process is and maybe critique us a little bit later on the social medias as to how we did here performing in this draft. We've got uh, about two to three minutes before we start a live mock. We'll be picking in the seventh position of a 10 team PPR league on ESPN. We thought this would be a good platform for everyone. So you can kind of see how to draft against the ESPN rankings that are preloaded into that draft client. Since I do think that most of you use that particular platform when you're drafting your leagues. Uh, Wyatt, how are you feeling? Are you ready to go? I'm really excited. Um, I love mock drafting. I think mock drafting is probably the most useful thing you can do to prepare yourself for your draft. You really get to learn where players are going. You can point out where the players that you like the most are going, so you can try and you know plan for them if you want. Uh, I, I'm expecting to have a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. I think it'll be nice. So we have uh, chosen to pick seventh here in this particular mock. I think that gives us a good chance to uh, really explore what it's like drafting at a more difficult position. Uh, We got about one minute to go and then should be a one minute wait before we start making picks. So let's uh, let's get right into it and kind of talk here about what you think we should be doing. I think we can agree right off the bat, just like we discussed in our running back episodes, that Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott are going to be one, two, three. No chance either of those guys makes it to us at seven, I say. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So from there, I, I know the way that we have our rankings and projections we're looking at Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, and Alvin Kamara, almost in no particular order between the three of them. Uh, for the purpose of putting together our queue, I'm thinking we go Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara at six. Yeah, I think that makes sense. But, you know, with this being PPR and differing opinions out there, I I would be very surprised if Derrick Henry went in the top six picks. So there's a good chance that he's going to be there for us, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. So I could see us giving a little boost to Alvin Kamara here. I think before we start looking at a guy like Nick Chubb, who we have next in our rankings, it's definitely going to be Michael Thomas, who would be the seventh player in consideration here. Do you feel the same way about that? Yeah, with full PPR, I think you have to. I, he, he might even go before that. He, he likely would. But if he's available at seven, I think we're probably going to take him. Yeah, I agree. So uh draft rooms loading let's go ahead and start to set up a nice little queue for ourselves here that's one thing that we always recommend i think one of the reasons why you and i have done so well throughout the years is because we've always taken time to look at yahoo cbs espn whatever platform we're using and mock draft on that site to really familiarize ourselves with what we're getting into and how it's going to function uh in a situation like this not only do we know that we pick seventh but we also know that we're looking at pick 14 as well. So I think while we're waiting for what I can now say to everyone listening is two minutes before the official first pick of the mock draft begins here, let's just go ahead and get our first 14 in order and we'll kind of know for sure who we're going to get two out of. You feel okay about that? Yeah, and I just want to say that I think uh, 
making your queue is a really underrated thing for fantasy drafts, and I don't think people utilize it enough. It really just helps you plan and make sure you have backup plans for when the players you want get taken and backup plans for your backup plans. Basically, you just want to be as prepared as possible. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it's nice to have whatever leg up you can get, and any type of extra preparation is is always very helpful. Um, so let's get this rolling. So we, we'll go Saquon 2, Zeke 3, just because. Then... Is there any particular running back out of Kamara, Cook, and Henry that you want ahead of Michael Thomas, or would Michael Thomas become number four in this format? I, I would still have Alvin Kamara ahead of him just because of position. Okay, so we'll go Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Dalvin Cook six, Derrick Henry seven. Yeah, that makes sense. I like that a lot. So Derrick Henry is going to represent our absolute worst case scenario for our first pick, and that that's a beautiful situation to have right there. Um Where are we going after that? So in our rankings, we focus a little more on standard. But are you still feeling like Nick Chubb is a great addition here to what would be our our eighth spot? Yeah, you know, we've talked about it before, but we're much higher on Nick Chubb than everybody else. So I'm comfortable with it, even with NPPR. I do think, though, that after that, we have to start thinking about more wide receivers because it is full PPR. Yeah, I agree. So for me, after Nick Chubb, it would probably be Aaron Jones. But the question becomes, does Devontae Adams or DeAndre Hopkins work their way in front of Aaron Jones now? I think you got to have Devontae Adams ahead of Aaron Jones. Uh, Devontae Adams could see 170 targets this year. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Okay. And how about DeAndre Hopkins ahead of Aaron Jones as well? Uh, I would have Hopkins behind Aaron Jones. In fact, I think in PPR specifically, I would have DeAndre Hopkins back farther. I think actually Julio Jones would be the next wide receiver we could talk about. Would we be putting Julio Jones in front of Aaron Jones? I would say no at this point. Not for me. I I wouldn't be surprised if it's picked that way, but not for me personally. Right. Um, After Aaron Jones, who's your next favorite running back? I mean, for me, it's always been Josh Jacobs, but I don't know if I can do that in uh, this particular format. Yeah, I think it starts to get dicey. I think we're going to have to really talk about that one. You know, there's Joe Mixon, Kenyon Drake, Miles Sanders, Austin Eckler. All these guys are involved in the passing game. Joe Mixon, not as much as the other three. Uh, It's tough. You know, Josh Jacobs could run for 1,400 yards and have 10 touchdowns, which, you know, it doesn't matter if he only catches 25 passes. He's going to be up there in the ranks. Yeah, I mean, I understand that as well. Um, let's go ahead and stick to some of the draft philosophy we've discussed in prior episodes, which is to have a little more skepticism on Drake and Sanders and Eckler. And let's look to go a different route with this particular set of picks. So where we're at right now, the draft has begun, just so everyone is aware. Christian McCaffrey went number one overall. No surprises there. We've got a little bit of time before we're up at seven. Uh, again, Derek Henry's currently number seven on our board. Chubb, Adams, and Jones round out the top 10. Then Julio Jones, Joe Mixon, Josh Jacobs, and DeAndre Hopkins would represent uh, the total 14 there. So it looks like we're going to be able to come out of this with at least uh, two people off that particular list. So um, Wyatt, why don't you get ready here for our first pick when it comes in? We got Ezekiel Elliott off the board at two, Saquon Barkley at three, Alvin Kamara at four, Dalvin Cook at five, and now Michael Thomas at six. So we could uh, 
take Derrick Henry if we feel strongly about it, but according to our board, this would be the spot where we're taking... Um, oh, I'm sorry, Dalvin Cook's off the board. This would be the spot where, according to our board, we're looking to take Derrick Henry. Yeah, it basically went the exact way we thought it would. Uh, I think we just take the guy that we put on top of our list. We put him there for a reason. Yeah, I'm happy with that. So let's go ahead and start with Derrick Henry. Now, we know that's going to give us maybe a little bit of ground to make up as far as pass-catching running backs, but it's nice to pick this late at the very end of the first round and come out with a very stable running back like that um, almost immediately after us, Aaron Jones comes off the board at eight. So we're uh, sitting on what is looking like a pretty strong draft at this point as seven of the first eight picks are all running backs, which is what you like to see when you're practicing uh, following Aaron Jones, rounding out the first round, Deandre Hopkins at nine and Kenyon Drake at 10. So Wyatt, we've got a, couple more picks to go Austin Eckler at the turn so Drake and Eckler are getting paired together that's a decent PPR combination for somebody picking at 10 but you and I are now looking at Nick Chubb Devontae Adams as our two potential picks as David Johnson comes off the board real real early David Johnson yeah right (laughs) David Johnson coming off the board at 11 but that's why you mock it's nice to know that there are people out there that feel that strongly uh Josh Jacobs off the board right after David Johnson so we're sitting on Derrick Henry we're back up and I see that Nick Chubb tops our board it it would almost be very anti-PPR to come out of the first two picks with both Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb but I gotta tell you man I I don't care how many passes they catch. I don't think I can pass up that combination. Yeah, I mean, I we're taking these guys. We're we're looking at the two of the top rushers in the league. These guys very well could finish first and second in uh, rushing yards. Both of them are likely to score double-digit touchdowns. I, yeah, you're right. It doesn't matter if they're not catching a ton of passes because their rushing production is just going to be so high. Yeah, I mean, that's a nice spot for us to be in here, sitting on two prime running backs like that. That's actually two guys who you and I regardless of format have graded what top eight and we managed to pick at the seventh pick and in pick seven and 14 we're coming out with two guys that we have in the top eight that's about as good as it's going to get in this scenario yeah yeah i think so following our addition of nick chubb Devontae adams julio jones joe mixon tyreek hill and chris godwin are all going here now getting to the end of the second round we're actually looking at the very last pick of the second round and that's going to be mike evans so a little run on wide receivers they're going in the last three spots of the second round so those of you who are into people like tyreek hill chris godwin and mike evans uh, late second seems like a fair spot for them to be going uh Third round starting up here. Travis Kelsey and Miles Sanders come off the board. Wyatt, we have four picks until you and I are up again. Let's take a look at the board here and update everybody on who we could potentially be looking to add. Um, If we're going to go wide receiver here, DJ Moore is a big favorite of ours as well. Especially in PPR, big, big fan DJ Moore. Yeah, I, I see guys like Thielen and Smith-Schuster. Now, I'm okay with Thielen here in this particular spot, but we'll have to to lose maybe both of those guys that are ahead of him. Um, it looks like we're going to pick next now. DJ Moore is off the board, along with Kenny Galladay and Allen Robinson, coming off a little bit too early for me. Um, so let's compare this before we end up on the clock. Out of Adam Thielen and Amari Cooper in a PPR format, who do you feel most strongly about and why? I would go with Amari Cooper just because I think his ceiling is higher with Adam Thielen being in a run first offense. Uh, His ceiling is just kind of capped, but the Dallas offense is really high powered. They're going to throw a lot of passes. They're going to throw for a lot of yards, even though I'm not a particular fan of Cooper, the football player. I think he's got a pretty high ceiling. 
Yeah, I I agree with that there. And uh, I see I was going to ask you about whether or not we should, you know, look at a guy like Todd Gurley, who we're both very high on and think will catch a lot of passes this year as a flex player for us. Uh, but he comes off the board right in front of us. So it looks like you and I are up now with the option of selecting Cooper over Thielen, if that's the way we want to go. Just real quick in 15 seconds here out of Leonard Fournette and Chris Carson. Is there a running back there you'd prefer to take ahead of adding Amari Cooper as our number one receiver? There isn't, but I think something we should consider is that George Kittle is still there, and I think I'd be pretty comfortable taking him in PPR at this point. I would, too. I mean, that's not a bad idea. I'm going to play this one a little more close to the vest to try and really work on our draft strategy and lock in a guy like Amari Cooper. I I think when the tight end of value falls to you, it it just kind of works out that way. So um, for this particular exercise, let's practice the running back, running back receiver strategy and see how we go here. So uh, we're going to be sitting on both Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb with Amari Cooper as the number one receiver. Now we've got just a short wait, about five, six, seven picks before we're back up again. Who sticks out to you as potential picks now? Obviously, we know if for some reason Kittle's still there, that's a no-brainer. Who else do you think stands out? Yeah, if Kittle is still there, I think we'd have to jump on it. But otherwise, we're looking at wide receiver, and Odell Beckham's still on the board. And I know people are down on him because he had a bad season last year, but I think last year was a perfect storm of terribleness for the Browns and I, I'm expecting a bounce back year for the passing offense for the Browns and I think Odell Beckham is still going to be worth much more than where he's going right now yeah I agree with you there so a uh, quick little run out on picks after we took Amari Cooper Thielen Le'Veon Bell Juju Smith-Schuster and Leonard Fournette came off the board Leonard Fournette represents the first pick of the fourth round uh, Lamar Jackson, first quarterback off the board at the beginning of round four. I think that's great value as far as yeah, grabbing yeah, a quarterback that's great in round value four. at this point. So I, I'm assuming that somewhere in here Mahomes went and we didn't notice it. No, Mahomes is still available. So I will tell you now, with uh, two picks to go, we're still seeing George Kittle on the board. We're also seeing Patrick Mahomes. And the running back position, though, I'd really, really love to get our third running back and secure depth in that spot. I'd be able to wait and grab ourselves one of those other options. Yeah, I'm surprised that Mahomes was still there. I just definitely just assumed that he was gone. Yeah, uh, so Robert Woods comes off the board right before us. That does open it up that we could go Mahomes, Kittle, or grab ourselves any skill player. I'm going to put it to you. Do you want to take George Kittle or Mahomes? I think either of those two would be great. I have Mahomes a little bit higher on my overall ranking, so I, I would have to go with Mahomes. I It seems like great value at this point. Yeah, it's shocking to be able to take two prime running backs and Henry and Chubb. I feel good about Cooper as our lead wide receiver. I know wide receiver depth is a strength of this year in fantasy football, so I'm not worried about our ability to pluck another three, four receivers out of any point in this draft and feel good about that. But being able to come out with those two running backs that we got in rounds one and round two and now put Patrick Mahomes there in the fourth round is is pretty excellent. So I like where we're headed at this point. I do think we're getting close to that fabled cliff of running back. So as much as I may really want to look to go skill wide receiver here to round out our starting lineup. I think we got to pay very close attention to what running backs are available when we pick here in about 10 to 12 picks and see if maybe this isn't the correct spot for us to grab David Montgomery with how high each of us feel on him this year. What do you think? 
Yeah, it's really going to depend on who's there and what the value is. Uh, we definitely preach getting that third running back as soon as we can, but for the cliff, as we called it, um, with PPR, it opens up a little bit more of an option for people later on. You know, if we end up deciding on like a James White or somebody like that who has a decent floor for our third running back, it's not the worst thing in the world if we got really good value at another position. Um, but yeah, it's, it's all going to depend on what's there for us. Yeah, I'm with you. So let's see how much movement we've had now. We take Patrick Mahomes, fourth pick in the fourth round, Melvin Gordon, George Kittle, Odell Beckham Jr., Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Chris Carson, and Calvin Ridley round out round four. Pretty strong mock draft at this point, wouldn't you say? I usually expect a, a lot of auto picks and some crazy decisions like that David Johnson in the top of the second round. Yeah, outside of David shot, Johnson, it's been pretty it's good. Been all right. <laughs> so let's see where we're sitting. We're uh, looking at fifth round picks now. James Conner off the board in round five. Cortland Sutton as well. You and I are going to be up in what appears to be five more picks. Devin Singletary, DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, David Montgomery, Kareem Hunt, Tariq Cohen round out the uh, top six ranked running backs here with Jonathan Taylor now coming off the board along with Cooper Cup and A.J. Brown out of the wide receiver pool. Uh, the way it looks to me, Wyatt, with guys like Devin Singletary, DeAndre Swift, and Kareem Hunt all kind of sitting out there, uh, David Montgomery represents the last real shot for us to have what could be a number one running back. I would think if he's there for us after this next pick, that's got to be the way we go. Yeah. David Montgomery's our number 18 running back. So I think it's just has to be the pick. All right. Let's see how we go here. We have Tyler Lockett off the board just ahead of us. So we are going to make David Montgomery the pick. We got about 30 seconds to put that pick in. Let's take a quick look at wide receiver since we're going to be up again soon. Another thing that we stress here is use all your time that you get one minute from ESPN or from any other platform for a reason. If you know who you're going to take, use your time and look at the draft board. So we've got a little bit of extra time to look at wide receivers. Keenan Allen, T.Y. Hilton, Terry McLaurin. DJ Shark, I see still out there. DK Metcalf still out there. Who are you liking at wide receiver so far when this gets back to us? I'm definitely keeping my out for DJ Shark to make it back. Big fan of him this year, expecting the Jags to have to throw a lot. So I'm hoping he makes it back. Yeah, I agree. I would absolutely love that particular pick. Um, outside of Shark, you know, I feel very strongly about DK Metcalf. Uh, and I've started to buy in a little bit more to your hype train on Tyler Boyd as we've moved on throughout the year as well. If we're forced into that particular decision, I could see that being a good move, too. I know you and I feel good about guys like Marvin Jones, who we think we can even get later than this. So as far as looking at our lineup right now, what we know is we don't have to be afraid of running back. Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, and David Montgomery are going to be our top three running backs. If everything goes according to plan, David Montgomery is going to be the guy we flex throughout the year. None of them have bye weeks that line up at 7, 9, and 11. So we feel good about our three running backs, and we should. We have quarterback locked in with Patrick Mahomes in round four. So I feel like we have what ought to be the highest scoring quarterback as well. And we're going to get a chance to ignore everyone else who's looking to grab quarterbacks here in the coming rounds. Amari Cooper at wide receiver. I think that is obviously where we do need to focus. Um, before we're back up on the clock, it looks like we're going to pick next. Let's give another quick update. T.Y. Hilton, Zach Ertz, Keenan Allen, unfortunately for us, DJ Shark, and then also A.J. Green are off the board. So out of a wide receiver poll that contains Jarvis Landry, 
DK Metcalf, Tyler Boyd, Stefan Diggs. Maybe you want to call your shot, for example, with a guy like Michael Gallup or Devontae Parker. Who are you feeling here? And of course, DK Metcalf, who would have been my pick, comes off the board right in front of us. So let's put you to the test. Wyatt, you got 30 seconds. Jarvis Landry, Tyler Boyd, Stefan Diggs. Give me one of those guys and why. I was going to take DK Metcalf, so it sucks he was taken before us, but I think we're going with Stefan Diggs. I think he's just the best available guy left. Uh, I think he's got the highest upside left, so I think it's got to be Stefan Diggs. Yeah, I believe that too. I know I, I've been preaching a lot of Jarvis Landry. You've been preaching a lot of Tyler Boyd. But in a PPR format, one thing that I don't know is that Landry's going to have games of a ton of receptions. I think he's going to be steady. I don't know that he's going to blow me away with eight or nine catches coming out of the slot in certain games. Um, I really think with the way that things are looking in Buffalo, I have every reason to believe that Diggs is going to catch the ball at least five to seven times a game and have a chance at a big play here and there. So I I like that pick. I think with Stefan Diggs and Amari Cooper at wide receiver, we're looking at two guys who on any given week could be game winners for us. Right? Like I, if you're going along with the draft strategy, the way that Wyatt and I generally preach, and you're looking at a running back heavy team, Derek Henry, Nick Chubb, David Montgomery, I'm going to get stability out of those three spots. Obviously, Wyatt, we're expecting to get stability out of Patrick Mahomes as well. So why not have guys like Amari Cooper and Stephon Diggs where maybe we're taking a risk that every once in a while they're not going to give us great numbers. But the weeks where they go off, we're going to be damn near unbeatable. So let's talk now about where we might want to go next. Uh, After our pick of Stephon Diggs, we lose Darren Waller, Devin Singletary, Terry McLaurin. Mark Andrews is off the board, so I think we can ignore tight end now. Uh, unfortunately for us, Jarvis Landry is now gone. Couple quarterbacks, couple running backs that are inconsequential, and just in front of us, Tyler Boyd goes as well. So, would you be thinking about adding a fourth running back here, like Ronald Jones, who can really solidify that position for us, or are we looking to go back in on wide receiver? Uh, I know. I, in particular, feel very, very good about Marvin Jones. I do think that there is a possibility that this would be our last shot to grab him before he comes off the board. Um, It doesn't really appear like there's a tight end that we need to worry about at this point with uh, Andrews off the board as well as Ertz. So my my bet here would be wide receiver. What are your thoughts? Yeah, with Ertz and Andrews being gone, I'm not really looking at tight end anymore. I think it's a drop off after those those guys. Um, it's really just about pure value at this point. I'm not looking at particular, you know, running back or wide receiver. It's just who's the best who's left. Sure. So we got 30 seconds on the clock here. Marvin Jones would be my preference, but I do want to let everybody know we're also seeing Marquise Brown, Debo Samuel, Will Fuller, Julian Edelman. Any guy who's going to beat out Marvin Jones for you? I don't think so. I think Marquise Brown is a little bit close just because there's some high upside potential there but I'm not quite buying it. I think I'd still take Marvin Jones. All right, let's go ahead and lock that in. So now we've got three running backs covered here. Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, David Montgomery, three receivers, Mari Cooper, Stephon Diggs, Marvin Jones, and Patrick Mahomes already locked in at quarterback. So now I'd say we're wide open. We're going to be back up to pick here shortly now that some people are on auto draft. So we're really starting to see it thin out at running back big time. The receiving depth is excellent, Wyatt. I'm seeing if I even scroll down the board, names like Golden Tate, who interests me, guys like Brandon Cooks, and then all of the rookies, Ruggs, Judy, Darius Slayton out with the Giants, for example. A lot of good names. 
games that we can still find a little bit later. Maybe even a guy like McCole Hardman that we could pair with Patrick Mahomes in case it goes really, really well. So as far as wide receiver goes, Marquise Brown, who actually made it back to us, is the only name of interest I really see there. My question for you would be pretty simple. If we're going to go running back, it's probably going to be either Ronald Jones or Mark Ingram who could provide us some huge stability or maybe James White because this is PPR format. Would you want to grab a running back before the house of cards falls down or are we going for Brown in this situation? I think it's got to be Ronald Jones here for me. Uh, I'm a believer in Ronald Jones this year. I think so more than other people. Uh, He's been working on his receiving abilities in the offseason. He's actually a pretty efficient receiver already. He just didn't play as many receiving downs last year because he had some trouble in pass blocking. If he's if he's worked on that at all and has gotten any better and he becomes a three down back, we're looking at a huge value. And even if he's just the first and second down back, he could still score seven, eight touchdowns, catch a few passes, probably have 800 yards rushing on the year. So I think it's a good value here. Yeah, that was actually my pick as well. So I'm happy you said that. I'm happy to lock him in there and have that be the fourth running back. Now, we uh, we know we're going to need a backup quarterback to take up a bench spot. We know we're going to need a tight end of two, actually, one for our starting lineup and one for the bench. That means we're going to have three skill positions left to work with before this draft is over. I'm feeling really, really good about our running back situation. So I think we can probably call our shot with a young stud at some point here later in the draft and see if that works out really, really well for us. Uh, There are some interesting names in the running back pool that are left right now. J.K. Dobbins could be that guy for me. Zach Moss in this format could be that guy for me. Um, Alexander Madison, we could always have in stash in case something happens to Dalvin Cook, then we'd really, really have a good pull. And if it even comes to it, maybe a little later in the draft, we could look at a guy like Boston Scott. So I think we only need one more running back before we're solidified at that position. And I feel pretty good to go there. Uh, Turning our attention to wide receiver, the board there is now starting to look a little bit different. I do see Jamison Crowder and Julian Edelman and Sterling Shepard at the top of the board, but my guess why is that they're only there because of their name and track record. I'd maybe prefer to go a little bit deeper on a guy like Brandon Cooks or maybe grab a rookie. Would you prefer to take one of those running backs that I mentioned here a moment ago or look wide receiver here? I I think we're looking wide receiver right now. I'm personally a fan of Brandon Cooks because he may just be the number one receiver for that team because Will Fuller can't stay healthy. Yeah, I was actually Will Fuller just happened to go two picks before us, which would have been a great pick in this position. But I have no issue with Brandon Cooks. I feel the same way that that you do, especially because now we've put ourselves in a good position. We're not looking at Brandon Cooks as a person we're going to flex on this team outside of bye weeks. Uh, Our running back depth is Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, David Montgomery, Ronald Jones, even Ronald Jones, if things go well, will be flexing ahead of Brandon Cooks for us. We're we're looking at Amari Cooper, Stephon Diggs, Marvin Jones, and Brandon Cooks as our four wide receivers. So we're good there. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say the same thing that I said previously. I think we need one more receiver, one more running back before we really dive in to tight end and second quarterback. I think we have covered our depth well enough with good stable options that we can go ahead and go after some riskier high ceiling plays one at running back and one at ride receiver. What do you think? Yeah, we could definitely go for some potential here. And I think, I think it is important to note that with this mock draft, we have eight bench spots. So that's why we've been mentioning the second quarterback because we do have 
a good amount of bench spots available in this mock. If you if you only have say six bench spots, you're really only looking at rostering one QB and one tight end. For real. But because we've got those extra spots, we like to shore up having another QB like that. Yeah, I also think we've picked so well in this particular scenario that five running backs and five receivers is going to do it, which is exactly like you said. It's going to allow us to hold two tight ends and two quarterbacks, even though we do have a guy like Patrick Holmes. Um, so let's take a look. We're going to be on the clock here in just a moment. We could go J.K. Dobbins at running back and have a real home run hitter there. Zach Moss is still available. Alexander Madison is still available. Obviously, you got to remember, we're not going to get two of these guys. This is going to be our last running back. So what do you think? That's a great question for you, Wyatt. Dobbins, Zach Moss, Madison, who are you taking? I'm definitely going with Dobbins here. He should have a role to start out. And if anything happens to Mark Ingram, he's probably a top six, seven back with his kind of talent as a rookie coming in. Uh, I want to note that Hunter Henry is still on the board, and we're high on Hunter Henry, but at this point, to see someone like J.K. Dobbins still around in the 10th round, I think you kind of just have to take him. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that as well. I think that's a, a great, great pickup at that point. Um, of course, now Hunter Henry comes off the board, so we're going to lose the ability to grab him at tight end later. But I'm willing to make that trade, man. I think, like you said, it, it, do you remember where Mark Ingram finished out last year? Was it in the top 20? It was, but he did it on ridiculous efficiency. He had See, five but that's touchdowns because okay, I guess the argument yeah. that you're giving me there is that the reason J.K. Dobbins could explode is because if he takes over that backfield, it's very possible he just becomes the beneficiary of those Mark Ingram numbers. Is that where your head's at on that pick? Yeah, I, I was saying uh, Mark, Mark Ingram had five receiving touchdowns on, I think, like sub 20 catches, if I remember correctly. Uh, but really, that's a testament to the offense and how high scoring it is. So, yeah, that's why if J.K. Dobbins becomes the man, he could just be this league winner. Yeah, I'm all for that. So we're back on the clock. We're going to go ahead and grab our last receiver here to round out the skill positions. Um, Any particular names that you're seeing from the screen share here that you like? I love Darius Slayton as a fifth receiver. I like what Emmanuel Sanders could offer us. And I love the idea of stashing McCall Hardman and pairing him up with Patrick Mahomes or any of these talented rookies. Who's your pick? There's a bunch of really good receivers left here. I believe I'm the highest on Michael Hardman, which I think doesn't make some sense for PPR, but it's just pure potential here. If if Tyreek Hill goes down and Michael Hardman resume, or assumes his role, he might be a top 15 receiver this year. Even with Tyreek Hill being healthy, I expect Michael Hardman to take a jump this year and you just want you just want pieces of high scoring offenses like that. So just being a guy on Kansas City, you know, who's the third receiver, it's just valuable. Yeah, so I, I agree with you completely, and that is the pick there is McCole Hardman. So just to illustrate for everyone at home, we followed along pretty heavily with our draft model, Wyatt. Our first eleven picks were five receivers, five running backs, and we added a quarterback at a spot of value. It just so happened in this scenario that it was Patrick Mahomes who yeah, we had was the there for us to have value. Yeah. So Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, David Montgomery, Ronald Jones, and J.K. Dobbins are gonna round out the running backs. Cooper Diggs, Marvin Jones, Brandon Cooks, and McCole Hardman will be the receivers. Let's go ahead and turn our attention now to tight end to show everyone that you can wait until round 12 and have great tight ends. I'm seeing Hayden Hurst. I'm seeing Austin Hooper. I'm seeing Dallas Goddard, and I'm seeing who I think is our favorite, Johnu Smith in Tennessee. We might even be able to wait on him. Who do you want here? 
Yeah, th- this is right here is proving exactly why you wait on tight end. I- I'm going with my guy, John Smith. I'm a huge believer in him. I- I- I'm a- I'm just high on Tennessee in general. I think what they did was real. I don't think it was just a one-year wonder. I'm a believer in that team, and I think that John Smith is going to have a big year. Yeah, I agree, and that is going to be our pick there at tight end. Um, also, not quite making the list there was Blake Jarwin in Dallas, who we also like as a great tight end sleeper as well. But, you know, we can go ahead. I think in this scenario, right, because we have Patrick Mahomes and we know barring injury, we're going to use him every single week. We can go ahead and double up and go back to back tight end here. So that list that I had just given previously has had absolutely no change, Wyatt. After we took Johnny Smith, everyone else is still there. So we're going to add our second tight end now to go with Johnny Smith, and that's going to either be Hayden Hurst, Austin Hooper, Dallas Goddard, or Blake Jarwin. What's your preference? It's Hayden Hurst for me. Uh, coming into the role that Austin Hooper was in, he should be expecting a lot of targets coming his way. We haven't seen him do it um, with a big role, but he's been efficient in the role he had in Baltimore. So there's some, there's a lot of potential there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, how much better could you possibly get picking tight ends out of round 12 and 13? And we're coming out with Hayden Hurst and Johnu Smith. And it allowed us to use our first 11 picks on running backs, wide receivers, and one quarterback. This is about the dream scenario here. Yeah, that's another reason why we can take two. We took them so late. The, the the draft value is just so high, and the amount of capital we used was so low. If one of those doesn't work out, oh well. You know, we still have the other one. If they both work out, maybe we're even flexing one of them. Maybe it's a trade piece. Uh, the value is just too high at that point. Yeah, I agree with you completely. So... Let's uh, switch gears a little bit. Let's pick up our backup quarterback to sit behind the homes. Here we are, Wyatt, picking in the 14th round of a draft, grabbing our second quarterback, and the names are Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Tannehill, Cam Newton, Daniel Jones, Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield, Joe Burrow, and Gardner Minshew are so far down the list, they're not even appearing in the page of rankings that I'm looking at, and those are another two names we really like this year further illustrating why waiting on quarterback is a very, very sound strategy in these particular drafts. I would say at this point, it's just going to be your personal preference, but who do you want here as our number two? Uh, I'm going to go a little off, I think, and say that we should just take Cam Newton because what if he's just back to vintage Cam Newton? Yeah, and right. Because, because it's our second QB and we're playing Mahomes every week, this QB is really just meant to be an asset for the team. Maybe we're able to move this this quarterback early in the year for somebody because he explodes, you know, uh, Cam Newton could be that guy who's just all of a sudden a top five QB again. I, I say, why not? That is unreal that we're sitting on Patrick Mahomes and Cam Newton drafting him out of the 14th round. Uh, defense weird, is going to be next. World we're in now. Yeah, it really is. Um, all right. So let's, let's take a look at defense. It looks like one thing that's also really nice is that we haven't had people just kind of overdrafting defenses in the mock draft here. Yeah, please don't uh, do that. People. Let's, let's have a quick discussion. The names that jump out to me that are available to us are the Broncos, the bears, the saints, the Vikings. I guess I like the chargers as well, even though they're down a little bit farther. I feel like that could be a decent defense this year, but who's your favorite here and why? Uh, the Saints are my favorite. Uh, they just have a, a really good defense. Uh, I just th- I just think that they're going to have a good year. Yeah, I kind of don't really care too much about who the defense is, but I'm definitely they, happy with that one. I feel like they're, they're just have stacked with defensive pressure. personnel. Yeah. 
So let's give a quick little recap then. I'm seeing kickers come off the board now finally in the last round. Justin Tucker first, Harrison Bucker second, Will Lutz third. It's a great order. We're lucky enough to pick fourth here in the kicker lottery. So it could be Matt Prater, could be Greg Zerloin, could be Robbie Gold. Who's your favorite kicker prospect here? Ed Zerline. Yeah, no Del- think Del- about that one. This is one of the best offenses in the league. It's weird to see Zerline on the Cowboys now, but kicking in the dome, it's a great kicker. Yeah, absolutely. So that's uh, going to wrap up the live on-air mock draft that came fast and furious there towards the middle and the end, but hopefully everybody was able to kind of keep up with us there and stay along with what we were doing. What, let's do a little bit of post-mortem. I don't think we've used too much time here on the actual drafting part because it went so efficient. So um, let's go through piece by piece. Rounds one through four, picking out of spot number seven, 10-team PPR mock draft. Derrick Henry in round one, Nick Chubb in round two, Amari Cooper round three, Patrick Mahomes round four. Thoughts on those guys? Yeah, we talked about it in the draft that it seems a little bit weird that we took Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb in a PPR draft, but we're just pretty sure that those guys are going to be leading the league in rushing and, and rushing touchdowns again. So we like those guys where we got them. Amari Cooper is not my favorite receiver, but for the spot where we were drafting, I thought it was a good pick for our number one receiver, and he's got big potential in Dallas. And then, like we said, getting Patrick Holmes in the fourth, that's just cheating. Yeah, that's an uh, amazing little pickup there, but it makes a lot of sense. I mean, we were in what was supposed to be a a mock draft of other well-seasoned, like-minded individuals like ourselves, and waiting on quarterback is generally the move, especially if you're in something like a regular Yahoo or ESPN league. So for Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes to come off the board in round four, when people are concerned with getting their running backs and their high value wide receivers for a PPR league, I understand it. And I get it. You know, maybe Mahomes should have went a little bit higher, but who's to say people aren't going to find themselves in the same position we were in and be able to take that value. That's what it's all about. Uh, Rounds five through eight, David Montgomery, Stefan Diggs, Marvin Jones, Ronald Jones. Thoughts on that group before. I think all four of these picks were just solid value picks in positions we needed to draft and wanted to draft. I think things just lined up for us in those rounds. So I do feel really strongly about those first eight picks. I think you're 100% right that even if you put Patrick Mahomes in that category of good value picks that we made by just letting the draft come to us, we managed to get through the first eight rounds with value at every single spot that we could. Uh, Let's round out the rest of the lineup here. So after Marvin Jones, we're adding both Brandon cooks and McCole Hardman, just to remind everyone as receivers four and five cooks for some stability Hardman for some huge upside JK Dobbins. We added as our fifth running back behind Ronald Jones. Uh, Again, I think we're so stable with Henry Chubb and Montgomery at the top three spots. And then Jones behind the three of them. Why not take a shot on a guy like Dobbins and, As you said, Wyatt, if it turns out to be only his job at some point, he is absolutely a league winner. After wading through those picks, we were able to do our tight end. So once again, that was Johnny Smith from Tennessee and Hayden Hurst from Atlanta now stepping into Austin Hooper's role. You got to think in PPR format that we're still going to be somewhere in the middle to the top of the league in tight ends with those two guys. And we were the last one to take a tight end, if I'm not mistaken. Did you notice that as well? Yeah, Yeah, you're right. So Cam Newton 
quarterback number two to go with Patrick Mahomes. I like your philosophy there that if you do have a guy like Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes, you might as well draft a backup quarterback like an asset that can be used later. And I think you're definitely right that faced with the options like Ryan Tannehill, uh, guys like Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield, Aaron Rodgers, who were in that situation, Newton might represent the best possible trade bait if things go well in New England at the beginning of the season. And then Saints defense and Greg Zerloin there to give us a defense and a kicker that we most likely aren't even going to have to stream throughout the year. So overall, I feel feel really good about the prospects of this particular team. I kind of wish this was one we'd put some money on. What do you think? Yeah, I, I love our lineup. I feel really good about it. To kind of put it in perspective for me, we have five of the top 36 running backs and five of the top 38 wide receivers on our board. When I put it like that, like, how can you not be excited about our draft? Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. It's nice for you to have access to the JWB rankings and whatnot, because I had never thought that we were looking at guys that high up on the rankings. But I suppose you're right. But, that I, you know, honestly, Wyatt, I think that's what you can expect to see if you're willing to commit to taking running backs and wide receivers almost exclusively with your first 10, 11, 12 picks. And I, I don't see quite enough people doing that, especially in in regular leagues, if if that makes sense. I, I hope that illustrates for everyone at home that if you're willing to use 10 of your first 11 picks on those skill positions, you're going to end up with guys like what we have. Um, I want to switch gears again, Wyatt, and kind of give a nice little bow to wrap up this mock draft experiment that we did, but I'm assuming you can still see on my screen here each round by round. Why don't we go through starting here at round two and maybe grab one pick that you really liked and one pick that you really didn't out of each round and kind of explore those guys specifically. Sure. That sounds good. So in round two, 12 pick overall, David Johnson goes even prior to us taking Nick <laughs> Chubb at 14. That's obviously going to be the one you don't care for in round two. Not <laughs> yeah, that there's anything wrong with David Johnson. That's just too early. Yeah. I, I don't think we could take another one as our, as our bad pick here. I mean, that's, it, it's kind of indefensible. I like, like you said, there's nothing wrong with David Johnson. It's just, it's way too high. Yeah. So let me pose you this question in round two, again, 10 team PPR draft. We take Nick Chubb at 14 Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, and Joe Mixon come off the board at 15, 16, 17, which those picks make a lot of sense to me. It's then Tyreek Hill, Chris Godwin, and Mike Evans who come off 18, 19, 20. Out of that group of three, is there one of those guys who you like more than the others? I have it Tyreek Hill, then uh, Chris Godwin. Uh, But Mike Evans sticks out a little bit for me there. I don't expect him to catch a ton of passes this year. I think he's really more of a standard receiver in PPR. I actually have him as wide receiver nine. So he went slightly early for me there. Okay. Let's take a look at round three here. So let's play a game of one of these is not like the other. And I'll give you the one that I don't like. So round three, 29 overall. Lavian Bell comes comes off the board. One pick after Adam Thielen. One pick before Juju Smith-Schuster. And it looks like guys like Leonard Fournette and Melvin Gordon come off the board after Lavian Bell. That's the one that's a little bit of a reach for me there. I don't think that a lot of people, because of the name Lavian Bell and the fact that he's going to have the volume that he does with the Jets, would think of Lavian Bell at the end of the third round as a terrible pick. But this is the one that strikes me as shouldn't have gone there, could have gone a different way. Yeah, you know, I get it, like, 
Le'Veon Bell is a great receiver and he will probably catch at least 60 passes this year. It's just that his ceiling is so low to take him in the third round just seems like a bit of reach because I don't think he'll ever finish above running back 15. Like that's, that's probably his absolute ceiling, even in PPR. Could you see a guy like Leonard Fournette finishing in the top 10 at the end of the year? It's possible if his touchdown regression goes back up the way it should be. You know, in his rookie year, he had nine touchdowns, even in his limited time. If he gets and get his touchdown numbers back up, then yeah. But like Le'Veon Bell doesn't have that upside in, in the Jets offense. We talked about it before, but Adam Gase just does not allow players to be good fantasy options. Yeah, I agree with you completely there. Um, off this board from people in the third round, is there a particular player you want to highlight? Uh, DJ Moore at 23, I thought was great value. I love that pick there. DJ Moore might catch 100 passes. Yeah, let's see who went just before him. Actually, he was the first receiver off the board after the Hill-Godwin-Evans combo. Right, so that's I, where I, I thought Mike Evans went too early, and that should have been DJ Moore, at least in my eyes. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, what we're seeing here is that the person who picked at uh, the 18th spot, so I guess that would be the number three pick overall, was able to land Tyreek Hill at 18, then come back with DJ Moore at 23. So rewinding very quickly to the top of the draft for people who are going to pick a little higher in the drafts, out of the three hole, this particular person was able to go Ezekiel Elliott at three, then pair him both with Tyreek Hill and DJ Moore. How do you feel about that trio in the top 23? Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good start. <laughs> yeah, it's a powerful combo coming out of that particular spot. Now, I do think that's really interesting as well. And I would advise this to people who are going to try this on their own, that maybe do your mock drafts towards the end like we do. I, I think picking out a 7, 8, 9, 10 challenges you a little bit more. I think very often picking 1, 2, or 3 is a little bit easier because you kind of know who you're going to want to take at the top. So I haven't really seen a lot of combinations like that, but it's very interesting. I hope you and I are lucky enough to hit some high draft picks in some leagues that we sign up for and maybe do something like that as well. Let's take a look at round four. Why is there a particular player that stands out to you as an excellent value pick in the fourth round? Well, I mean, I hate to toot our own horn, but we took Patrick Mahomes in the fourth. So how do you not love that? <laughs> I mean, I do love that. I feel like that's cheating a little bit. Um, I'm going to go ahead. I'll go a different way. I'll give you George Kittle because you and I had mentioned whether yeah, or not sense. we should take George Kittle in the third round, actually, where we decided we were going to take uh, Amari Cooper and use kind of the running back, running back wide receiver experiment for everybody that's listening. So I think the ability to wait on tight end and grab George Kittle at spot 36 more than halfway through the fourth round is excellent for that particular person. Is there somebody in the fourth round who you see as overdrafted that maybe people should avoid for a little bit? Uh, I actually think this round was pretty good. Maybe Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but in a PPR, his value is higher than it is anywhere else. So, you know, I think this was just a, a pretty good round from everybody. Yeah, I agree with you, too. So I'm going to highlight this round in particular for everyone who's thinking about how they're going to handle their own teams. In the fourth round of this PPR mock, we have seen the running backs come off the board. Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Chris Carson. So there is value to be had there in the fourth round if you're looking for it. This is the first place we saw quarterback come off the board. Both Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes go in round four. George Kittle comes off the board as the second tight end. And then from a wide receiver perspective, we saw good value picks here as well. 
So if you're waiting a little bit on wide receiver, Robert Woods, Odell Beckham Jr., and Calvin Ridley all come off the board in round four. I would be thrilled with any of those three guys, even though I'll have to admit here, maybe the PPR format is responsible for this, but I'd have much preferred Calvin Ridley over Robert Woods in this particular spot. Uh, I love Woods' stability, but I think for the person picking at the end of the fourth round to take Calvin Ridley and then turn around and add James Conner as the next pick in round five, that's a it's a pretty good four or five combo. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I would have taken Ridley over Woods, but I don't have a problem with the Woods pick at all. Yeah. Now, looking ahead at round five, we see some interesting names here as well. As I already mentioned, James Conner comes off the board. Uh, Jonathan Taylor in round five. A.J. Brown in round five. Tyler Lockett. We took David Montgomery at what we feel was a correct spot for him, even though some people may think we're slightly overdrafting him. We weren't, were not willing to risk losing him at that particular juncture. So again, very, very good value here. But is there anyone in round five that you're seeing as someone who should not be here? Cortland Sutton sticks out a good bit. Um, I don't think he's that great for PPR. And with the Broncos offseason that they've had, the amount of weapons that they've added to the offense and the fact that they're a run first offense, I think Cortland Sutton will actually regress this year. I agree with that. So I'm glad you said that because he was actually pick number 42. He was the first running or first wide receiver to come off the board in round five. So the other names that I mentioned there, AJ Brown, Tyler Lockett, even T.Y. Hilton and Keenan Allen are getting picked after Cortland Sutton. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, I think I've seen a lot of other rankings and a lot of other mock drafts where that's the case that Cortland Sutton is coming off the board that high. I'm not much of a believer in his ability to produce A.J. Brown, Tyler Tyler Lockett type numbers this year. So I'm glad that you highlighted that maybe as a no-go. And I get it with Cortland Sutton. You know, he's crazy talented. He made these amazing catches last year. It's it's just a situation thing. Yeah, I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense, too. Um, It kind of cements it for me, too, Wyatt, because as we're scrolling down here to look at the guys in round six, uh, this is where I remember us looking at DJ Shark and DK Metcalf, who came off the board right before we took Stefan Diggs. So the depth there was just outstanding. There really isn't a need to stretch for a guy like Cortland Sutton when some of those guys that we saw like Lockett were in the previous round five and guys like Metcalf and Shark are still sitting here in round six. Even after they came off the board, you and I were still able to add Stefan Diggs, who I think we view as maybe a little bit of a lower caliber option, but one that we're still comfortable having. Uh, it just goes to show you that waiting and taking wide receivers that you expect to use week in and week out is still viable in round six. By comparison, if you look at the running backs here, there's one running back only coming off the board in round six, and that's Devin Singletary. So is this supposed to suggest to me, Wyatt, that maybe if you're waiting until round six for a running back in your flex spot or running back two, you've waited too long? Yeah, I, th- I think that's really showing it here. The, the value just obviously wasn't there for a running back. Right. I remember at one point I had highlighted that this looked like it was going to be a strong mock draft because seven of the first eight picks were all running backs. And now we're seeing the exact opposite of that here in round six, where it goes four consecutive wide receivers, tight end Devin Singletary, three more wide receivers and another tight end. 
So the running backs are coming off the board early. It becomes very slim pickings around five in round six. I, I that's that's got to tell me why it. I got to get three running backs in the top four picks. If I'm not getting one of those running backs at that point, we could be in a lot of trouble here. It, you know, we kind of broke our own rule in this draft because of Patrick Mahomes. We grabbed our third running back in round five when it was David Montgomery. Man, if somebody in front of us felt like we did and had taken David Montgomery from us, we could have really been looking at a different world at that running back position. Yeah, I think we lucked out with the way way it fell for us. So let's maybe move a little bit quicker here through the back half of the draft. Um, I got the guys for round seven up on the screen. Is there a particular round seven pick that stands out to you? The one that stands out for me is Dak Prescott. I think Dak Prescott at this point is great value. He's my number three quarterback, so to see him at the end of the seventh round is pretty good. Yeah, that's the 70th overall pick there. Uh, I'll give you one out of round eight. I see James White when it's 77 overall. And even though I don't view him as maybe a great, I play every week in a flex spot type option, if this particular team had taken James White in a PPR draft late in the eighth round, and he's going to be a guy who fills in on bye weeks in either running back two or flex position, that's a pretty good pick at a 77. I can see that being good overall. Anybody in round nine that you want to highlight? I think an interesting one here is actually Jamison Crowder, who is a name that people like to forget about, but he's basically PPR gold. Yeah, I like that a lot as well. Uh, in round 10, there's not a whole lot to highlight here. I think our pick of J.K. Dobbins is is excellent. But I do want people to know that at 92 overall, the beginning of the 10th round is where we see Rob Gronkowski come off the board. I'm sure a lot of people are wondering where to gauge him. So if you remember when we were making our decision on J.K. Dobbins, Wyatt, you had mentioned that Hunter Henry was still available for us. Rob Gronkowski had went just in front of that spot. So if you are dead set on grabbing yourself Rob Gronkowski, I think maybe around round nine, you should take notice of where he's at and pull the trigger in round 10 if uh, he's still there and available. Anybody from the back half of the draft here in round 11 that you really like as a value pick? Tevin Coleman being there in round 11, I think is pretty good. Uh, We've talked about him a good amount before. We both like Tevin Coleman a lot. I think that's just solid value for that time. Yeah, and I'll highlight a trio here that I really like. Picks 109, 110, and 111. That's the end of round 11, the beginning of round 12. Darius Slayton, Emmanuel Sanders, and Robbie Anderson all go back to back to back. I think when it comes to waiting on wide receivers, you know, you and I had great options because we took all of our skill players in the top 11 prior to this. But those are still decent names to be getting this late in the draft. If you are looking for some stability, Sanders and Robbie Anderson can really provide that for you. And Darius Slayton kind of on the opposite spectrum could have a very high ceiling if things go his way uh, in that offense this year. So I like those picks out of round 11 as well. Anybody here in round 13 before we get to kickers and defenses that you really liked at the end? Yeah, I like the Zach Moss pick that was made. He should be taking over the Frank Gore role in the Bills offense, so he should be getting all the goal line work. And he was a good receiver in college, so it's possible he he uh, gets into the receiving work there, too. Yeah, I like that pick a lot as well. And then uh, I'll note as our one final one here, Alexander Madison comes off the board in round 14. That's a powerful, powerful handcuff. I understand that Madison may not have a ton of standalone value. He could. It's definitely out there in the realm of possibility that he's 
productive throughout the whole season. But again, I don't know who is on this particular person's roster, but if they've got a spot available where they can stash a guy like Madison, he is what we believe to be a league winner. If something happens with Dalvin Cook, either through injury or through the contract situation, Madison's a guy who can step in and immediately be a running back one or two for you that you play every week. So being able to grab him just before we move into kickers and defenses is absolutely excellent. Um, I'm going to ask Wyatt real quick, if there's anything else you want to contribute, but I do think that that kind of wraps up uh, just a look at various names here throughout the draft and where they've been taken. No, I don't think I have anything else. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. I really liked this particular experiment. We'll have to kind of get some feedback from everyone. So we do encourage you to uh, reach out to us on Twitter and in a number of ways. The show has a Twitter. I have a Twitter. Wyatt has a Twitter. Wyatt, as the keeper of handles, why don't you take it from here? (laughs) Sure thing. So you can find me on Twitter at WyattB underscore FF. You can find Justin at JWill underscore FF and the shows at JWB underscore FF. Thank you so much for listening. We hope everybody had a good time kind of uh, going through this live mock with us to see who gets picked where and how everything shook out. We absolutely loved our team. We hope you got some value out of it as well. Do look forward to some new content coming soon. We just recently finished breaking down the running back position, and we're looking to repeat that same model for wide receiver. So here in the next uh, week or so, Wyatt, if I'm not mistaken, I think we can expect an in-depth breakdown on the wide receiver position. Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, thank you again for listening to the JWB Fantasy Football Podcast, and we'll see you soon. Thanks again.